I'm, I'm Keith and my wife Cindy. We, this is our 22nd year in Wynn. We uh, came here from, from Truman uh, in 1997, uh, almost with our heels in the ground, uh, sort of followed West George over here, if you all call West George to be the pastor out of our church in, in Maple Grove, and that kind of all was tied as a whole other story in, in how we came over here, but it was a definitely a move that uh, God used for his glory in our lives and, and grew us through that, but uh, just want to say thanks to Brother Mike and, and you all for having us here, and we had a great time, Gay, and, and the mixer, and had a great time of prayer there, so uh, without saying too much more, I want to get, get going, but uh, uh, I want to start with just uh, say that last night, if you some of you were, were at the uh, Yellow Jacket Foundation uh, banquet, and four People were inducted into the Yellow Jacket Hall of Honor. Uh, those being Thelda Barker, Jim Pitchford, Randall Caldwell, and Jim Shaver, three of whom you know uh, are former and one uh, the current member of Wynn Baptist Church. For the others are two, uh, Jim and Thelda, of course, gone to be with the Lord. But the uh, reason I mention or mention that is, uh, as Randall was speaking uh, last night, it kind of got uh, Cindy made note, and I did too, that way he talked about the the way people around him uh, helped him to be uh, where he was. And uh, we want, in, in the same way that, that he focused on others, we want the, the focus on this to be on the Lord, not on us, and want him to be glorified. Uh, there's a quote from uh, the book, Don't Waste Your Life, that has made an impact on us. It's, God seldom calls us for an easier life, but always calls us to know more of him and drink more deeply of his sustaining grace. And so we're here to share uh, with you what God's been doing and moving us toward for some time now. And uh, we'd like to start with just a little bit about our journey, how God brought us to this point. So we'll share briefly just a little bit about our testimony, and then, uh, then we'll move a little further. Okay, I'm just going to tell you about my salvation because some of you um, have known me for a long time, and you may or may not have heard, you know, how I came to know the Lord and when. So um, I was 13 years old. We had been living in um, Turkey right before that. My parents, my dad was in the Air Force, and so we moved around a lot. Therefore, even though I was raised in a Christian home, we weren't real plugged into church. Um, so when we came back from Turkey, we um, stayed with my grandmother and near my aunt and uncle, and they were um, wonderful Christian people, and they uh, took me to church, and they kept taking me to church. And on um, one night during a revival, well, I was like 12 and a, 12 and three fourths probably. And um, so, if you want to get technical, uh, so I uh, heard the sermon, and the sermon is one that I won't forget. I may not know every detail about it, but basically, he was preaching about the holiness of God. And, you know, when he explained how holy God was and how perfect he was and how that we cannot even on our very best day afford to come into his presence, that really grabbed my little 12 and 3 fourths heart. And um, I was like, even though, I mean, I was a pretty good kid, y'all, but there was something that came over me like, that's you. On your very best day, you cannot get into heaven. And I knew I wanted that, you know, and I believed that Jesus uh, died for me. So 
I ended up uh, becoming a Christian, praying for Jesus to come into my heart, and um, I was baptized shortly after that. Uh, we moved to Jonesboro shortly uh, after that, and um, we started going to Nettleton Baptist Church. Nettleton Baptist Church had a great youth group, youth choir, you know, all that sort of thing. So I kind of did all that, but honestly, I would say that I didn't grow very much. And so uh, by the time I got into college and they started bombarding me, professors, you know, with all their, uh, some of them were, some of them were atheists and some of them were just, um, you know, just didn't believe much. And they, I just started questioning my faith and questioning God, if the existence of God really. And so I kind of went through about a year of that and um, people prayed for me because I told them about it. You know, I knew like, I didn't want this to happen to me. And um, so they prayed with me and for me. Um, Gary Fulton, I think some of y'all may know him. He uh, was my youth pastor. He and Susan walked alongside me. And um, one night during revival, um, I heard the word of God. This time I can't tell you, I can't remember what it was. But something that told me that like, that if God is real, that I needed, to, I needed him to reveal himself to me. And so I remember going down to the altar and getting on my knees and praying. I was about 23. And, um, you know, Lord, if you're real, show me. Show up in my life, please. And if you're not, this stuff is going out the window. I'm not, you know, I don't see any need for it. So, um, of course, I can't even begin to tell you how he started showing up. Uh, someone told me, like, well, maybe you should read your, the Word of God every day. Oh, yeah, maybe I should do that. So I did that, you know, and uh, prayed, and he did. He showed up in my life, and I'm happy to say that I've never been the same since. So um, that's my... Uh, uh, oh, and now, <laughs> now what's happening is, like, on days whenever um, I don't have the faith, he gives me faith. Um, when I don't have the answers, he gives me the answers. So he's very real in my life. Um, I can't even name all the ways, but I'm thankful for him and for his uh, salvation that he gave me. So as far as um, my journey with Christ, uh, uh, I, didn't, I don't call what I, my home that I grew up in and uh, a Christian home, as you think of, with a mom and dad going to, you know, taking the kids to church and talking about Jesus at home, and while yet my mom was a was a believer, and my grand both my sets of my grandparents were strong believers, and and uh, so I had that uh, heritage there. But I did have several different uh, experiences with the Lord when I was young. My church camp experience, and maybe two church camps experience. One as a teenager, but. Um, Really came to know the Lord as a, a junior in college when I was 20 years old, invited to a, I actually started going to church before the, we went to, the, to this meeting, but uh, after being a child of the 70s and doing a lot of the things that uh, we did in the 70s that we, we really had no business doing, and, um, and, uh, but a friend of mine, I, I knew how to, to, you know, to, to start looking like you were doing right. I knew, I knew how to be the elder brother uh, from, from the prodigal son and quit being the younger brother and start being the older brother and start doing right. And I knew how to do that. And so I started going to church and, and uh, was gonna at least look like I was doing right. But one night while we were, were at, a, at a youth rally, I uh, heard these guys playing 
Christian music and giving testimonies about walking with the Lord and knowing the Lord and, and having a, uh, you know, just a, a full uh, relationship with, with Jesus. And uh, I didn't know about that. And uh, that night I just uh, gave my heart to, to Christ and asked, told him I wanted that in my life. And since that time, I can say that, uh, you know, Jesus has been, been the Lord of my life and certainly hadn't been, been perfect. I still battle that elder brother wanting to, wanting to things to be uh, in line and order all the time. And, uh, but yet, uh, we know that by grace, we're chosen, just like, he, he, like Jeff Weck, we, we sang with Jeff a while ago, that he's, we're forgiven. But uh, moving on, uh, uh, through our, our walk with Christ, uh, Cindy and I actually met at, at, a, at a lay renewal that Danny and Joyce used to go to back in the 80s, and Kara Doss went to, I think I remember her being at one, uh, but, uh, uh, so, but over the years that he's done, you know, just it's been uh, almost 40 years now since I, since I was saved. But uh, through that time, he's really uh, carried us and led me into public school. So I've been a, an educator in public school for uh, 38 years now. But to this point where we are today, um, through that time, uh, we came to Wynn Baptist, like I said, in 97. And uh, started hearing about uh, doing short-term mission trips and going overseas and made a trip to Brazil and two trips to Brazil and then, and then to Burkina Faso and uh, several just wonderful short-term trips. But God uh, was working in our heart about, about missions and about uh, missionaries and uh, really showed us uh, just how, how uh, amazing people are that, that do that. And... Uh, and one of the things that I think about when I thought, thought about that was Romans 10, 14. Uh, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, The Lord has believed what he has heard from us, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So those that are out there in the hard places and sharing the gospel and preaching the good news, that, and that's what it's talking about is how beautiful their feet are. Not that we're trying to get you to think that we're doing something amazing, but our, my heart and our heart has been about supporting those that, have, that are there and that have sold their homes and burned their ships and gone. Uh, that's not, you know, where we are right now. We're not burning our ships or, or selling our home, but, but yet God is uh, leading us uh, to do something totally different from what we've ever done before, for sure. Um, and some of the things that he's used in that, uh, uh, another thing from the book, uh, John Piper, Don't Waste Your Life, uh, that's, that, that book really touched our hearts. And another book, uh, let the nations be glad by John Piper. He says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Uh, in that book, and he really focuses on a lot of scripture, uh, one from Psalm, Psalm 67, verses 1 through 5, says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the, all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So it's uh, a lot about 
you know, the way that uh, God has just done those things and uh, worked worked in our heart. And uh, again, it, uh, about worshipers and about worshiping God. Uh, so I'm going to let Cindy talk a little bit about uh, why, kind of why, where we're, the direction he's leading us. Okay. First of all, I do want to say, um, kind of like what he said about being and when, uh, that we're incredibly grateful that God brought, I'm going to try to do this without crying, brought us to win for so many reasons, but this church and the love that it has for this community, along with its love for the nations, tops the list. We were given actual opportunities to be a part of several short-term mission teams that forever changed us and the way that we were able to love others. Um, tonight we have the opportunity to stand before you and say thank you for being faithful to him and for loving the nations like we have had never seen before. Um, so we're going to tell you about an opportunity that has come up for us to go to um, the country of Kenya and it will be to teach in an international school and uh, Keith will actually be the principal and we don't know what I'm going to be yet. So y'all can pray about that for me, okay? Um, many of the children are from missionary families, so that really, you know, touched our heart about that's something we have a heart for is to be an encouragement to them. And um, so the students are from many different sending organizations, though. And uh, in other words, like the International Mission Board is a sending organization of missionaries, and um, it's with the Southern Baptist Church. But there, y'all, there's a ton of them out there, but um, AIM, Africa Inland Mission, is the one that we're gonna be going with. And um, I think Keith is gonna share why, why we ended up with them rather than the IMB, because we are avid supporters of Lottie Moon and the IMB. Um, the name of the school, that we're going to be going to is Rift Valley Academy. And we do have a, a, a video that's about, I don't know, six or seven minutes long that tells you about the school. And so we'd like to show that to you. We think that it would, it's more interesting than hearing us talk about it. And so uh, if they'll go ahead and, and show that. I'm a student at Rift Valley Academy. My parents are missionaries in Africa. I am a student at Rift Valley Academy. I am a student at Rift Valley Academy. Rift Valley Academy is a boarding school located in the Great Rift Valley of Africa. a church planter among the Kuria people. I'm sure there's less than 1% uh, evangelical uh, Christians among the Kuria. They've been overlooked. We have two kids at RVA, soon to have three. As a family, we work amongst the Maasai people. Timothy has a strong missionary attitude. And since he came to RVA, we feel that he has actually grown in his faith. And we can see that when he comes home because he wants to be out there working with the Maasai and sharing his faith. I feel that RVA staff are doing an exceptional job at developing our kids spiritually. They not just 
are caring for our kids, but they love our kids. And they go the extra mile to see them mature and grow even spiritually. I think the most important part of my job is making sure that I love these kids. RVA is a community designed for growth. Everything leads to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm independent. I am fun. I have strong relationships. I have a dynamic worldview. I have seen the world. I am responsible. I am loved. And I really feel that God is, is using RVA. To whom much is given, much is required. And I feel like God has given me so much here at RVA. In these next couple of years and the rest of my life, God is going to ask so much of me. So I feel like, I mean, this is, this, is, this is where it's at. This is probably one of the best places a teenager can live. A fully accredited American school, RVA has set a high standard of academic excellence. I'll never forget opening the envelope that the first kid in 100 years had been accepted to Harvard. From that point, we've had 25 or 30 kids be accepted at those schools. But what it's done more than anything is break out the ceiling and have kids know they can go any place God's called them to be. Within an African context, Rift Valley Academy seeks to disciple, nurture, and educate students towards Christian maturity for the glory of God. The solid baking We are truly humbled by the caliber of staff who give up otherwise very lucrative, comfortable jobs to come out here and teach our kids and love our kids and help raise our kids. We couldn't do our job unless they were here. We decided to send Laura to RVA. We knew that for her to be able to succeed well as she continued on after high school and to college and further in life, we wanted her to be able to be involved in things like sports and music and academics where she was being challenged, not only by a teacher, a trained teacher, but also by her fellow students. RVA's teaching them a lot about what it means to be a leader and how to do that amongst your peers. Because our kids are here at RVA, they have great opportunity for things that they couldn't do at home. The internet and computer, the opportunities they have here. Science labs, my kids love science and biology. We're so grateful for RVA because we can offer them more. you're a stronger person. I will change the world. I will love. I will impact my culture. I will seek the lost. I will love. I will never stop growing. I will lead. I will follow Christ. I will love. The staff have been a really big part of my life. They are just more than teachers. They really get involved in our lives spiritually and emotionally. They inspire me to want to grow in Christ. They've just helped me and nurtured me in my uh, spiritual faith and show me who God really is. And it's been a blessing just because 
um, I've just been surrounded by people who truly love God and it's just helped me to become the person that I am today. At a school like RVA, with such a broad scope of activity and opportunity, it takes an army of behind-the-scenes support staff to keep it running smoothly. This is the place where we pray that each student will grow in Christ and will develop a biblical worldview. We want to equip them academically and socially to glorify God in their future lives. thankful for RVA. What they say to us over and over again is, we're here for you. We're, we're not called to your ministry. We don't know how you do it, but we're here so that you can do it. They minister to us by loving our kids. We love the RVA staff, and not just because we know them, but because our kids love them. I'm a missionary in Africa. I am a missionary in we Africa. We are missionaries in Africa. I'm a missionary in Africa, and we couldn't do our ministry if it wasn't for Rift Valley Academy. And I couldn't be here if it wasn't for Rift Valley We couldn't Academy. do our ministry. We couldn't be here if it wasn't. I don't know how we would survive out here if it wasn't. For I couldn't be here if it wasn't for Rift Valley Academy. So um, that explains Rift Valley Academy very well. I don't, uh, I'll try to pick up from there and let you know how that, how that process has gone, uh, and why Rift Valley Academy, and uh, and how that how that's worked out. But in the, the last couple of years, um, we've been talking with uh, the sending agency you go through. It's called Africa Inland Missions for Rift Valley Academy. And so why Rift Valley Academy? There's lots of international schools where you could, and so forth. We fairly first heard about uh, this type of ministry from when, when we had a global impact conference right here in this room. And uh, a friend of Jeff Gibson's was here and, and spoke that it served at a school called Grace International School in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And we met with he and Jeff and uh, and we really started looking at it and praying about it and actually uh, filled out an application a couple of times, but it just never seemed uh, like the right thing to do. Uh, we weren't ever there, but so we continued to pray about, about what we might uh, do in something like this at some point. And, uh, and so we started the process of, of applying with uh, African Missions uh, at the encouragement of uh, James and Marcy Langston, if you, many of you know them, and their children actually go to Rift Valley Academy. So uh, they're pretty well self-explanatory how, how we uh, kind of got started looking at it. But it, uh, just because you, uh, you, know, you want it to be a, a God thing, not to just, oh, I'm a principal, I can go and serve and, and all that. So we, we really uh, want, want it to be uh, you know, a thing of the Lord and, and to, like he said, to love on the children and, and not do it out of our flesh at all. But uh, just so you know a little bit about AIM or African Inland Missions, because it was foreign to me, I'd never heard of it before. But like Cindy said, we're, 
uh, at the Southern Baptist Church where Lottie Moon and IMB and and uh, and all that. But there are other sending agencies. They, uh, AIM has been around uh, basically for 120 years or so. It was started uh, a guy named Peter Cameron Scott uh, started it with a group of, of missionaries and, and uh, they basically focus on, on Africa. They're in over 20 of the African nations. Uh, and their passion is to see Christ-centered churches established among all African people. So uh, the three C's and the three A's, that's how I can remember that. Christ-centered churches all among all African people. Uh, so uh, it says their desire is to see the worship of Jesus Christ spread across the continent of Africa through individual lives fully committed to him. Uh, and, uh, and I won't go into all, all the rest of that, but uh, like you can see from the heart of the missionaries that are there, that's, they need that support with their, with their children. They're in the hard places. They're, in, they're out in, uh, all over in Africa, and uh, their children need that uh, education, uh, just like James and Marcy's kids do. Uh, but uh, after we sent an initial application and uh, we started hearing from a, a mobilizer is what they call the person that you contact with. And so we met with, with someone and the process continued. Then we had another mobilizer that, that met with us and interviewed us for a few hours. But uh, that's been over the process of uh, over two years. And so and that led us to a thing called Connect Week. In, in uh, November, we went for a week in November in Georgia outside of Atlanta, and uh, it's kind of a week of training, but it's also more of a week, uh, somewhat of a week of testing. We, we didn't really see it that way, we, but there are some people that they don't approve, even though everyone that was at our session was approved. It was a pretty small group at our session, probably 20 or so people. Um, one, one family from Seattle had five kids and came down here to go to that, but it's from all different, it is, like I said, interdenominational, so they're, uh, but they do have the core values listed and uh, very similar to what we would say is, would be our core values in Southern Baptist. But RVA is a Christian boarding school in uh, Central Kenya, it's an hour north of Nairobi. Uh, it has uh, about 500 children grades one through 12, representing 30 nationalities, 80 mission organizations and churches. Uh, they accommodate a small number of Kenyan nationals and expat non-mission kids. But uh, RVA is, uh, they see themselves as uh, two things to support toward the missionaries, but also raising up uh, young people to become missionaries because a high number of these, these kids will grow up and have the heart for, for the nations and, and go out onto the mission field. So. Uh, through that, uh, that's where that's just where where God has has led us uh, to do that. And so, uh, one interesting fact that I found about it in 1909, Teddy Roosevelt laid the cornerstone to their main building. I'm not going to try to say the name of it. I'm not fluent in uh, those words yet. <laughs> Kim 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 Bugo or something like that. But uh, uh, but. I can't wait till they hear our southern accents. Yeah. They say they want me to be the principal. Uh, I'm hoping that they just need my certification so they can say they got a licensed principal and they'll find <laughs> something else for me to do, really. But, uh, so, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, we're here to tell you that uh, what, you know, what God's done is doing with that, and uh, I'm going to let Cindy share with you a little bit how you can, can uh, partner with us in that. Uh, one thing I would say, too, about when he said that it's a missionary training ground, well, 
it is, but we all know that every person, you know, that has a love for people and love for Jesus and the love to share Jesus with them, you know, no matter if they go off to be, you know, something else somewhere else, they're also, you know, going to be sharing Christ with people if they have that um, kind of training in them. So I take a lot of... Um, um, I don't want to say comfort, but just the fact that I know that um, those kids are going to impact the world for Jesus. So uh, We've been having some people ask us, how can you partner with us at RVA? Uh, just like we're partner partnering with the families, then we have ways that you can partner with us. And I would say the very most important way is for you to pray for us. Um, lately, we've been uh, hearing a lot of sermons on prayer, and one of the things that the person said was um, that prayer is not secondary to what God is calling us to do. You know, it's the main thing. So we, as an American society, we always want to, um, you know, let's do something. What, tell me what I can do to help you. And there will be some things that you can do, but honestly, the most important thing that we want you to do is pray. Um, so, let's see what I was going to say. It is going to be hard, you know, to leave the comfort. We're not going to, like, the hardest places. There are people that we were in Connect Week with that are going, like, to live out in the middle of a desert in Chad, you know, and or going to the Sudan to be a doctor, you know, stuff like that. So it's tough. Um, it's going to be hard because it's not the comforts of America, though. And then my family will be here, and um, I'm a real, I'm I'm a real family person. I love my kids. I love my grandkids, and um, I like all that. I'll just be honest with you. My knees are bad, you know, and um, I'm really I have germ. I hate germs and dirtiness, so. Yeah, let's go live up the side of a mountain with um, all the dirt. So, <laughs> so I don't know why, but God, you know, He knows what He's doing. Um, so that I, we need your prayer, you know, probably especially for Him to have to put up with me. So um, many of you been, have been praying, and I shared earlier. I won't share the story again, but how you. Um, how one morning I woke up and a little bit like wondering what in the world I think I'm doing and all of a sudden God just the spirit of God just came over me and assured me you know and then all day long he did that through different things and I said I'm pretty sure somebody one of my friends you know that knew me were praying for me that day uh, so we're asking you to pray for us however God leads you to pray and when he leads you to pray but we do have a few things that we consider to be our prayer request um, that we know of right now. Just leaving our family, pray for peace for us and for them. Uh, just the reality of living in Africa, because we've been talking to um, uh, James Langston's parents who lived there for 25 years, and they said, like, even on a good day in the best place, it's just a little bit difficult sometimes. So. So pray for us on that. Um, our ministry to the students, the teachers, and the parents, because that's why we're being called there anyway. So I hope that that all trumps and overrides, you know, any fear.
fears or anxiety or worry that we have. And then I told you earlier, my job is unknown, so there's that. Um, flights and travel to be worked out, and we've applied for work permits, but you know, it takes a while for that to happen. Um, and then for our health, you know, because we ain't no spring chickens, so, yep. Um, <laughs> there are other ways that you can support and encourage us, but I was reminded through this sermon and the scripture that this is the most important of all, the, the prayer, hands down. The Lord's Prayer says that when you hallow his name in prayer, that's how his kingdom will come. That's how his will would be done. And then that's where our daily bread will come from that's going to be supplied according to him. So we're, we're trusting him for that. So Keith's going to explain a little bit about all that. At this point, I feel a little bit like the Amway salesman, but uh, <laughs> if not really the point of what we're here. The point is our prayer partnership, but uh, the, all the staff at, at RVA are volunteer positions. Everybody you saw that were there are, are, are volunteers. Uh, African Missions does not provide, they, they help you raise support. And so everybody raises their own support. So uh, our plan all along has been to, you know, kind of self-support, and uh, but we appreciate any any financial partnerships. Anybody would 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 want to partner with us, and we'll have a link on our prayer card where you could do that, and it would go through AIM and then be funneled to our to our ministry. But we know that uh, you all give to Lottie Moon and and to your uh, all those wonderful things that support. The Langstons and the Bolins, and and uh, we're not asking for anyone to to not do those things, but just want to share where we are. And if the Lord leads you that, then that, then uh, praise the Lord. And if not, then that's okay too. We will be. Uh, we do want you to partner with us in prayer, and and uh, if we don't know what we're doing except being available. Really, even though I wanted to, did want to throw in there somewhere. You know, a lot of times, or most of the time, I would say probably that. Uh, Maybe missionaries would say they get sent to go do jobs that they had no clue that they were doing. But in our case, I am being led to go be a principal. I don't know what I'm doing to be a principal. I've done it for 11 years, but I never really wanted to be a principal. <laughs> but that's what God led us here and, and uh, has kind of uh, given us that time. And, and uh, as far as our school, and, and just pray for your you know, your school here in Wynn. you got a great staff and great uh, school and community. I really appreciate the time we've been here, uh, and uh, it's been been really good. And we've sensed the support, and not just here in our family and Win Baptist, but uh, the community of Win is uh, is a great place, and it's been a great place for our, our kids. Went to school here, and uh, got great, wonderful education here. And so, uh, don't feel like we're we're running away from anything, but uh, just this is where God's led us at this time, and. And uh, we do covet, you know, your prayers and your, your partnership. And we're not, we're signed up. Uh, don't think we mentioned this, but we're, we're technically considered short term, which we're going to do one school term. And they made us say that we would be open to do another school term because they really want their school people to do at least two, two years because it takes a while to get acclimated and all that. They really, and number one, they're always looking for people. I can't imagine looking for staff to come over and be volunteer. That's what I told the guy that I met with about um, uh, the personnel person. But uh, 
uh, as hard as it is to even get staff here uh, locally. But um, so uh, so that's where we are. Uh, we're going to be considered short term, and and uh, we leave middle of July to go to orientation for three weeks, and uh, then we will be at RVA sometime in August and school starts at the end of August. They're on trimester system where they go three months and they're off a month. And then, uh, so uh, the Lord allows us, we hopefully can come home and visit some during some of those breaks and we'll see how, how all that goes. We just can't, uh, don't know yet how that's gonna work. So, well, Mike, I don't know how to segue out of this, but we're, I think we're done. <laughs> we appreciate being here. Well, before you guys go, uh, if you'll just hang up here just a second, I think this is a great example for us that at, uh, no matter what age you are, if the Lord calls you, be obedient. And I know that the Lord's going to provide for you guys incredible ways. He may even give you a germ-free place. I don't know. Uh, I've been to Africa, and yeah, yeah I think one suitcase is going to be uh, Germex, I'm sure, but... Uh, uh, also pray for them because y'all are going to drive to New York and leave out of New York. And you're going to try to get six bags in a car. No, it's probably not. A, it's probably, you're probably going to make it. The Lord's going to provide. That's right. And so, uh, so I, I want us to take a moment. And uh, if you guys will come, um, would you get those two chairs right here? Yeah, move that out of the way. And another chair. Would you guys mind coming and having a seat? And I'm going to invite you guys to come. Earlier at the mixture, we had a chance to pray over them. But I know some of y'all were unable to be there. So I'm going to invite them to come and sit. I'd like for us as Wind Baptist Churches, their Wind Baptist family, to come around them, pray for them, lift them up. Uh, you also have cards, right? Prayer cards that we can get from you. So when we're done this, this evening, you can get one of their prayer cards. Remember to be lifting them up. As they prepare to head out uh, and leave. Um, and like I said, sometimes leaving family is the hardest part. And uh, I want to encourage y'all, if y'all want to come and come around them. And, uh, and as you do, if you want to pray, we'll give you guys a time to pray over them and for them. And then we'll close in prayer.